welcome to you. Um, it was so good to, to see you all here. And as I said, if you are, um, if you are new and visiting, um, then a massive welcome uh, um, to you too. Um, we, we're seven weeks in, team. Seven weeks in. It's awesome. We're doing real well. And I think a few people have gone on holiday this weekend for, for Labor Weekend Day. So um, thanks for sticking around and thanks for coming to church. It's awesome to, awesome to see you guys here. And, um, I, I just want to sort of follow on a little bit from what Jono was sharing last week. So he was talking about, um, from the sharing from the book of Ezekiel, and he was talking about when the, when the temple was being built, being built and how God was calling people from all different crafts and trades, um, into, to build the temple and, and talking about that those gifts are, are from God, the things that are, are in our lives, um, that he has graced and that he has blessed us with, that there are skills and talents that are God-given. And um, as I was sort of thinking about this this week, and I was thinking about, you know, not only has God uniquely gifted us in different areas, you know, there are so many different different skills and talents in within this place. I guess who's, just kind of a quick hand up, who's kind of in like the, the building kind of construction industry, like the engineering, the infrastructure, all that sort of spaces? Yeah, your music team, you guys are quite in this <laughs> You guys are good. Um, who's in kind of like care, care professions, like, um, you know, in medical fields or, um, yeah, teaching, all that sort of stuff. See, we've got people that are out in all these different spaces. And what are some other areas that we've got in here? So we've got some people studying. Administration. Have we got some administrators? Praise the Lord for administrators. They keep the world turning. <laughs> I'm not one of those people, so I'm super, super thankful for them. But there's a whole bunch of different gifts and, and talents that are in this space. There's some of you that are really great with your hands and with building and making things. And, and there's some of you that are great with your minds and can see and dream and, you know, put all these things together. And there are so, and some of you are great with people and have got his grace and strengthened you in those areas. There, there are so many gifts and talents even within this room. And I believe that just as God has uniquely, has uniquely gifted us with talents, he's also uniquely positioned us by those talents and where those, those, those gifts and those strengths take us in our, in our weeks and in our, in our months. And so I guess I want to sort of focus on, on a little bit on that today and what that can look like and what God can do in that area. So if you've got your Bibles with you or, you know, got your Bible apps on your phones and those sorts of things, you can turn to Acts chapter 16, but it'll also be running through on the screen as well so you can read along too. But it is, we're going to be going through quite a big passage today, so we're going to sort of um, paraphrase some of it. Um, but in, in Acts chapter 16, it's... Um, Paul and Silas and Timothy have, have joined together. And um, so he, he Timothy comes and he joins with them and... Uh, um, the gospel is really starting to the good news of what Jesus has done is starting to spread out through these regions. And so they're going to these different countries and in places and, and really sharing with people the, for the first time like who Jesus is and what he's been doing. So they're preparing and then they start to travel and they start to try and go to these different, these different places. And they find that the doors keep getting shut. Um, and so they're going, okay, so it's not here. We're not going into this place. And, and they're like, oh, okay. So then they go try this one. And then it says, you know, the spirit of God, you know, closed the door in that space and they couldn't go in there. And then they'll, but you know what I think is so amazing? Sometimes we can get so discouraged by closed doors, right? Of opportunities that are missed, of things that don't seem to work out. And, and we can go kind of stop and we can sit there and go, oh man, oh, that didn't work out. Oh, 
But, you know, they don't feel sorry for themselves. But actually their attitude is that they've seen these doors that have been closing as God's hand actually leading and guiding them in certain directions. And I wonder what if we could have those kind of attitudes that actually as we go through our different places, as different things happen in life, that actually we see closed doors as God actually leading and guiding because we know that they can then trust and the ones that opened are opened by him as well. And I felt that there was really someone here this morning, you know, that you have been quite discouraged by closed doors and as I was praying this week and and I really felt that God wants to encourage you that trust his hands trust that his hand is still leading and guiding you in these places don't be discouraged don't sit and stay in the place of encouragement but look to where God is working and moving and what I love is that these guys were taking the initiative they were still going they knew that the gospel had to go out they knew that there was people who didn't know Jesus and so they were taking opportunities and if it didn't work out, they went, okay, cool, God, not there, where to then? And I wonder, you know, what would our attitudes look like if, if we don't, if we viewed closed doors or, or things that didn't work out and go, okay, God, not there, then where? And so I hope that, that there's a word of encouragement for someone this morning. Um, and then God gives um, Paul a dream of a man in Macedonia. And he, he's calling out to him, and he takes from that that God is leading and guiding into that place. And so they continue to organize themselves, and they travel into these places, and, and there's that, that obedience into stepping when God has opened opportunity. It might not have been the place where they had originally planned, but they knew that God's hand was upon it, so they were going to step into it with everything that they had. And then they get to... They get to um, they get there and they start looking around and going, okay, well, where are the, where are the people? Where are the opportunities? What is opening up? And they go out, so they go out to the, um, to the outskirts and they find a woman who is, who is sitting there and they start talking and being able to share with her and her name is Lydia. And what is so amazing is that God had already been working in her heart. God had already been working in her life that she had a little bit of an understanding of God. But through their words, God was able to open her eyes and her heart to the things of God. And it wasn't the one that they had seen in the vision. It wasn't the person that they had had originally sort of planned to go. It wasn't the man that had been in the dream. But because they had positioned themselves, God was then able to bring people into their world to be able to sit around who he was already working in and through. And her life was radically changed because of it. And then they continue on, as you can see, like we're not, that's why we're not reading through the whole passage because it's a big journey. We're paraphrasing a little bit this morning. But then they go on, they get thrown in prison. And then they're in this space, and, and you know, we know the story, you guys can read along. And there's, um, you know, the, there was an earthquake, and the prison doors fly open, and there's the jailer's there, and he goes to put himself on a sword because he thinks that they've escaped. And they say, No, no, we're still, we're here. And it's like, What? And so he's able to actually speak to them, and they're, they're able to speak to him and to share with him the things of God and why they've stayed in that place and what God was doing in their lives and able to lead this man to faith. And from that, you know, my challenge is that, that when we go out into different places, that some people God will bring across our path by proximity. 
because we are in those spaces, he'll be able to bring them around us. And some people's hearts will be open because of personality, because of the character of what God is doing and is forming within us. And that's why what God has gifted us with and where he leads us to and who we are in those places is so important. What you do in your weeks, where you, where you go to, the people you connect with, you're giving God an opportunity to bring people into your world, both by proximity and personality, to be able to open their hearts to the things of God. They might not be the people that you have planned. They might not be the people that you are praying for. But maybe they're the people that God had planned. And maybe someone else was praying for them. But our availability and our willingness to be in those places and to have good character that reflects that will open up their hearts to the things of God. See, who we are is often more important than where we are. Because we're going to go into a whole lot of different places, right? Into building sites, into businesses, into hospitals, into schools, and all throughout this whole city. And it doesn't actually matter where you are. All of those places, God is in and with you, but who you are in those places and what you carry there is so, so incredibly important. And I was reminded of this again this week. Um, Some of you that live locally would have seen um, that the garden party was on on Friday. (laughs) Anyone? Anyone was aware of that? Saw some of the crowds coming through. There's some fun outfits and some. But we had a team of red frogs there, and so um, if you're new and you haven't heard of red frogs, it's something that we do as a church as part of a um, something actually that's worldwide. So it comes out of Australia and we started at schoolies week over there when all the little teenagers go down and party, and we've been doing it for about five years here in Christchurch and. And what it is is that we, it's all volunteers from the local church, and we have these T-shirts that have got this big red frog. So red frog is actually a lolly in Australia. It's kind of like a jet plane here. Super, super well-known over there. Not real well-known here. Um, but there's a bit of a story about Andy when he, the guy who started red frogs, he started handing out these lollies. And then he got known as, like, the red frog guy. And then they got known as the red frog crew, and then now it's kind of the um, the trademark. Well, not kind of, it is the trademark um, of what we do as a local church. And so we have these have lollies and stuff. But but the heart behind it is we're going into spaces where we're able to care for people. And so we were working with the university and with the police teams. And and when the students were partying and stuff, we're going in and cooking up pancakes that are donated by people uh, in the local church. We did. Uh, a couple of thousand pancakes in the last two days and just getting food into people and handing out glasses of water and, and running safe zones where if people have had, have had too much to drink or you know, have taken some drugs or any of those sorts of things, that rather than being you know outside in the bushes or those, those spaces, they can come in somewhere safe where we can get the medical attention and we can love them and care for them. There is no judgment in that space. We make sure they get home safely because we believe in a God of second chances, right? And there's lots of people that would say, oh, they've, they made their decision. They should have to deal with the consequences. Well, I'm really thankful that God didn't say that to me, that I made my decisions and you have to deal with the consequences. But there was a grace that was extended towards me. And so I think it's in those places that we can actually extend a grace to God. That when others have walked away, that because of what Jesus has done in our lives, we can walk into those spaces and have love and compassion for them, that they will never see judgment in our eyes. They will only ever see the love of Jesus. 
And so we're serving in these spaces. So we had a team at Garden Party and Tea Party and and we're seeing God open up doors and conversations. You know, when you've got someone who's down cleaning up someone else's vomit and they'll go, man, I hope you hope you're paid enough to do this. And then when they say, oh, no, we're actually volunteers. And they go, what? why are you doing this? You go, man, will you fall in love with Jesus and he'll make you do some funny things, right? And it just completely opens their heart and their mind in a way to the things of God and to Christians and to faith in a way that they hadn't anticipated before. And so... We started doing this, and um, we've been doing it for a couple of years now. And I love that what Red Frogs allows us to do is to go into dark and broken places. Because when I read my Bible and I see a Jesus, I see that he goes into dark and broken places. And he is light and he is love. And I think that that is the places where, as a church, we should be the most active, right? And so we went into... It's a garden party, and it gets to the end of the end of the day. And as the event's finishing, we always get a table, and um, we have these water packs and stuff that make us really mobile throughout the event. And and then we come in and we fill up a whole lot of cups. And as people are leaving, um, we hand out water to them because every little bit of water helps eh, at that stage, especially when it's been as hot as it has been over the last two days. And so. We're standing there and we're handing out and there's these crowds of people going past you and you're going, water, water, who wants water, water, who wants water? And you get a whole range of reactions, right? You get ones that are super, super thankful and will stand there and just like pour them over top of themselves and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum where they're like, beep the water. And you're like, good luck to you for the rest of the day. But then you have people in between who are like, oh, oh yeah, 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 I'll, I'll grab a water. And they'll never go out of their way. Well, there'll be a few. There'll be a few that'll go out of their way to go and find it. But most of them will just kind of on their way unless it's right in front of them, unless someone is, is in, their, in their world offering it to them. And every time we do it and I stand there and I'm going, water, water, and we've been doing this for five years now, and every single time without fail, it always just reminds me of the mission that God has called us to. Because I think about the scripture and the story about when Jesus went to the woman at the well. And he says, you know, I've got water, I've got water that won't run dry. And she's like, Lord, how do I, where do I find this? And go, man, we have got this water. And as I'm handing out water in the physical, I'm reminded that as I've got water in the natural, there is something so much greater that I can give these people. And that, they're not necessarily leaving as they're not even looking for the water. They're not necessarily looking for Jesus either. But when I stand there going, water, 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 something within me always goes, Jesus, 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 who wants Jesus? And I think, man, what if we could be a church that was positioned ourselves within the crowd with a cry that goes, Jesus, Jesus, what about Jesus? that people can find us, that we are not afraid of the crowds, we're not afraid of the dark and the broken places, but because of what God has done within us, that we know we can carry something that's of hope and value into the world of the people around us, that our gifts and our talents will open doors, they will become a passport into areas within our local communities, into people's world, invitations into people's worlds that we might not have realized. See, there's um, a pastor over in Australia who's actually my friend's pastor, which where I originally heard his story. And he got diagnosed with MS. 
and it was beginning to deteriorate and he had to actually give up the leadership of his of his church and um, he actually ended up sharing his story at Hillsong, which is where I heard more of it. And what challenged me the most was he said that MS became a passport into a world that he never knew existed. It became a passport into hospital rooms where people were sitting without hope. It was a passport to doctors and nurses and surgeons and families and communities that he had never been in before. But he was able to recognize that God was calling him into that place. That God had opened up a door for him to step into the world of people that he would never have connected with. And just like we're handing out the water and go, Jesus, Jesus, this is the hope that I found in Jesus. And I thought, man, what an amazing attitude. What if we could approach the situations that we find ourselves in, the workplaces, the friends, the family groups, if we could recognize that maybe there was a passport or an invitation that God was inviting us into our world to be able to share the hope of what we had found with people. And I think it doesn't have to be that dramatic either, right? could just be hobbies. It could just be, you know, things that we love and things that we're passionate about, things that we're, we're gifted in. And, you know, it could be dark competitions or pool competitions. <laughs> but, you know, we've all got spaces. We've all got passports that God has put within our lives that are invitations into people's worlds. And, you know, it's into universities, it's into schools, and to be in those places. And, and my heart is so that we would, we would be good followers of Jesus in those places. And Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. It was a label that was given to him by the religious of the time because he was hanging out with the ones that they're like, what are you even doing there? But he was there because God was doing something there, because God was working in that place. And he wasn't afraid by the mess. He wasn't afraid of the brokenness. He wasn't afraid of the disease or the leprosy because he knew that what God had done within him made those spaces clean. It wasn't the unclean didn't make him unclean anymore, but he could go into spaces and make them clean. And it is that same resurrected spirit that lives within us that we can go into broken places, we can go into hopeless situations, and we can share the good news of who God is. And my heart and my prayer is that we would be a church that is described within the community as a church that's a friend of sinners. And if we're not, then I think we've missed it. Because I think that there is so much more that God is doing and working in our lives. And it's not just in this place, but it's a church that goes out into our different spheres and our different communities and areas where we can be a church that loves those that are hurt and lost and broken. And it can take so many different forms. It might be a Lydia who is a, you know, a highly successful businesswoman at the time. It might be a jailer, or it could be the Samaritan woman at the well, the outcast of the local community. But there is a love and a grace for all of those areas, right? But how do we do that? What does that look like? I think as we continue on in Matthew, where Jesus, so Matthew eleven nineteen, where Jesus had talked about himself as a friend of sinners, he then goes on, and he says in Matthew eleven twenty six. 
Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think sometimes we don't have a grace for people or for all those places because we're tired. I think, what does it actually mean to, to come to Jesus and to find rest? To come and to lay some stuff down before him, to lay down some of our burdens, to lay down some of our pain, to lay down some of the heavy stuff that we're carrying so that we can go into those places with a freshness, with a grace upon our lives. Learn from him. What does it mean to actually learn who Jesus was? to learn what the kingdom is. And I think that for so many of us, refreshing will come when we go deeper into his word and into his story. I think sometimes we can think, you know, just it's a couple of verses and tick a box. But actually, what if we're doing it? What if we are studying and being really intentional about our study and, and, and asking questions about the things that we don't understand so that we can actually learn more about who Jesus is and have a confidence and have a deeper richness in our lives and within our faith? That's why spending time in the Word and and asking questions and and going to life groups and all those sorts of things and getting around people where you can study and you can go deeper. And, you know, things like if we don't understand, let's be honest, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the Old Testament that we're like, what is going on there? What does that mean? How does that fit? How How does that fit with a loving God? But going, actually learning the story and there's things that we can learn and that gives understanding to it, that gives a depth and a richness to our faith. It creates a deeper foundation. And to get around people that do know, that have studied, that have learned, and, and not just have it as a kind of a tick-the-box thing, but actually learning who Jesus is. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. My challenge today would be that if there is a heaviness, then maybe there's something we need to lay down before Jesus. That there's a surrendering, there's a letting go of some of the stuff that we are carrying and taking on his burden. Because if there is a heaviness to our faith, if there's a heaviness in our life, then that, that's not the thing that Jesus wants us to be carrying, right? And my challenge this morning would be that if there is a heaviness in our lives and in our faith, that God has something more for us, right? Whether it be decisions that we're making that are, that are causing hurt and causing pain, you know, God can bring restoration. God can bring healing. God can bring conviction to those areas, the stuff that we go, man, I can't change. I, can't, I can't, just can't seem to break out of it. I can't seem to make different decisions. I can't seem to get it right. Then, then it's Jesus that can help to break some of that stuff off our lives. We can put good support and good people around us that we can journey and we can walk through those things. You know, maybe it's a heaviness even within, within your faith a feeling that, that you're not good enough for God or that I have to do more for God or if I do this or if I do that, then, then maybe that might be enough for God. If there's a heaviness in our faith, then I don't think that's what Jesus has got for us, right? And I think that there's actually stuff that we can lay down and we can know a lightness and a grace and a freedom in those areas. Team, do you want to come back? So I guess my challenge this morning... 
is to think and reflect for a couple of moments, what are the, what are the passports that God has given you? What are the places that he has given you opportunity to have influence? And who are you in those spaces? Are you someone that's tired and carrying a heaviness? Or is there, you know, or do you know Jesus in those places? And to go, you know, maybe it's coming back and going, man, God, break my heart again for the opportunities. God, break my heart again for the people that are around me. Or even as we sing, maybe it's, it's going, actually, there's some stuff that I need to let go of because I think that God's got more for me. And to come and to, we had to kind of plan this, but I think actually I want to give you guys the opportunity. If there's a heaviness that you've been carrying, we would love to come and pray with you this morning. And if you would be brave enough to, to come and, you know, and stand down the front, there's no judgment in this space, right? We don't need to be embarrassed because if we're ever too proud to get on our knees, then, then there's some other stuff we've got to check, right? But if we would come before God, then I think that God wants to work and move in this place today because I think he wants to increase our capacity because actually we need to keep growing as a church because we can have over 100 people in here on a Sunday. But I can tell you, I had 150 students in my safe zone on Friday and going, there is, there is more space. We need, to, we need to be a church that is more on mission than we have ever been. We need to be followers of Jesus who are more whole and healed than we have ever been. We need to be filled, more filled with his spirit than we have ever been so that we are available for what God wants to do in these places and the different spheres that he has called us to. So I would encourage you, if there's some stuff that you need to come and you need to lay down before God, there are some things that you've been carrying that we would love to stand with you and pray and believe for you for that stuff to be released, for you to know the yoke that is easy and light, for you to know healing and wholeness, to know rest and be able to go into those places with purpose. Maybe you've been jaded by the environments that you're in and you're like, I don't, I just don't even know how to go into those places anymore. Or maybe you just want to be refreshed again with a fresh sense of what God is doing in those places and how he could use you. We would love to pray for you either during this song or, or after, but I just encourage you, you know, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper this morning. I think we're going to say, oh, come to the altar, eh? Yeah. Let's bring ourselves back to the altar again. The problem with living sacrifices is that we have, a, we have an ability to keep crawling off it, right? So let's come back to Jesus. Let's come back to the friend of sinners, the one that we can be thankful for. And pray that we can be followers of Jesus who have that same heart of compassion, right?